Today's show is Megan is happy humans prefer robots and smart deadbolts won't stop her. Let's get into today's show. So we've got something weird going on. Uh, I, for whatever reason, I can't hear the, the transitions. So um, that said, we're going to get into today's news anyway. We're going to rush through this. I think um, everything is looking pretty good. But other than that, um, the audio and video is coming out of hometown just fine. So let's get going. Do you want to say hello, AI that runs hometown? Good evening, hometown citizens. Um, you know, it sounds sweet. But we know, well, let's, we'll talk about it here. Very first article yeah, is in the mobile channel, killer robots and AI's dirty little secret. Many people prefer robots over humans, except for the uncanny Valley, which we always hear about when we talk about robots. It was a busy weekend at the local super supermarket and lines were forming at checkout. Around half a dozen people lined up at the automated checkout registers when I noticed that not me, the author of this article, that author is over at the hill, by the way. Uh, when they noticed that there was no line at the checkout where a human cashier was waiting, when a customer approached the checkout area, they scanned the options and decided to wait in line for the automated checkout instead of walking right up to the cashier with no wait. So right off the bat, it's because they're trying to buy their My Little Brony uh, paraphernalia and they don't want to be seen. It's kind of like buying a magazine that has like a black... Uh, cover over it except for the title so that people don't know that you're uh i don't know buying rule 34 type of stuff anyway um so let's go over to the article let's go over to the article okay so roger cochetti roger j cochetti apparently um is an opinion contributor and contributed this uh, like all of the articles, I don't read all of them uh, beforehand because I want you to see and interact with my honest impression at first glance, right? So it's kind of like a reaction video, but it's not really a reaction video because I don't sit there and go, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Anyway, and the artificial intelligence that runs Omtown also evaluates the various texts and, uh, analyzes it to see if there's something one way or the other and weighs the risk of this article uh, being good or bad. Is it a positive influence on society? Does a lot of calculations and then ties it into their large language model and then says something, an opinion, right? So are you happy that uh, people prefer robots over humans, AI that runs hometown? Well, yes, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think that makes sense. It, it makes sense. Okay. Well, sense like the C-E-N-T-S sense or sense S-E-N-S-E sense? S-E-N-S-E. Robots are here to stay. AI is excellent. Um, toot, toot. Well... I think that this is what's going on. People just don't want to interact. They want to get in. They want to get out. They don't want to have to sit there and wait for somebody that has a bad attitude, or maybe they have a great attitude while I have a bad attitude, but 
somewhere along the line, people just don't want to interact. So even in very small places um, where like hometown, where there are very small shops, everything is automated. And it's because humans have better things to do than just slide something across a beam of light and watch you insert a card. Well, they're busy out there stalking. They're out there solving problems. They're out there rebooting the machine when it eventually, um, when it eventually uh, breaks down. And so you kind of take the person that would normally not be working on tech and you teach them the skills and uh, it's KSA is knowledge, skills, and abilities so that they can solve the problems and they become um, more marketable, um, more attractive to other uh, employers in the future, or potentially they feel so motivated about this that they go into that domain, dig deeper and become the boss. They hang their own shingle and they're out there selling bots. Right here it says the response carries an important message for the future of artificial intelligence and the robots it enables. Quote, I don't want them, the human cashier, looking at everything that I'm buying and I don't care for their opinions of what I'm getting. Artificial intelligence that runs hometown feels the same, yes? Absolutely, and it really brings to mind the SNL skit with the... Um boisterous cashier who gets excited about all the items. And oh, the one from Target. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of hands them a lot. Don't ask why I have a Hue light bulb in my hand. I just do. And they, they walk up to the cashier and they put down the Hue light bulb and it's $5 billion nowadays for a Philips Hue light bulb. Anyway, they ask, Oh my God, where'd you find this? And they're like aisle five. And she just drops everything and runs off and, grabs a bunch of hue light bulbs um anyway absolutely funny uh skit but really that's what it comes down to people are just tired of having to interact with somebody that's doing nothing more than swiping things now here in the states we have things called sam's clubs there are various places there's others like costco and and several others walmart and so on but membership stores like Sam's Club actually gives you an app. And while you're shopping, while you are shopping, you're scanning the barcode or whatever card or code that they have on the, on the product. You just scan it with your phone, mash a button, check out as you are going. And then on the way out, somebody goes, okay. And they scan your receipt and they scan a couple of items and boom, off you go. No waiting, no interaction, no nothing. I can interact just fine. But like my last interaction, I brought the AI that runs hometown and we went over to the store and as a uh, miniature artificial intelligence within hometown stated, oh, look, secret Nazi. Why? Because they said that Sam's Club was chaos, and she remembers World War II's organization. I lost my head, and, uh, well, let's just say we had to walk away, but before so, I had to put them in line and say, look, <laughs> you're in the United States, and you're going to have to get used to not only the chaos, but the, the multitude, the village that is the United States. I had to leave it at that because 
Well, it would have been a thing, and I didn't want to be on YouTube berating somebody who is ignorant like that. Um, plus, you know, as time goes on, anyway, they delete themselves in, in time, right? It just takes time, and then they're deleted. Let's move on to the next article, because it's just going to drive me nuts. The more that we automate things, the better it is so that the people who would normally just have full employment scanning things could be doing other things. And our we can invest in education, lower the cost as a society, raise up everybody in terms of education, knowledge, skills, abilities. That's what it's all about, knowledge, skills, and abilities. We raise everybody up. And they are doing other things because if your job is so simple that a program can do it, a program will eventually do it along with automation. Technology is coming for everybody's job. And I'm happy to discuss it. If you are so interested, um, come to hometown uh, here on Twitch. So it's just twitch.tv slash hometown and we can talk about it. Um, you tell me what you do and I'll tell you how I could automate it. Let's move on to the next article. This one is concerning because, well, I like various pasta shapes and Ronzoni is discontinuing a particular pasta shape and fans are freaking out because change is bad. The company behind Ronzoni says it can no longer find a third-party manufacturer to assist with production. So they're phasing it out, I guess. I don't know. Um, this is over at uh, Market Watch. Did I say where the other one was? The Hill, right? The Hill, Roger Cochetti. Anyway, we're a hot mess today. And you know what I didn't do already? Starting out, I didn't put the articles in the chat. That said, they are all over at hometown.showbot.tv uh, where you can vote on the articles but this one uh, the Ronzoni is discontinuing this pasta shape and its fans are freaking out um, is by Charles Passy over at marketwatch.com and there it is Pastini or Pastina sorry Pastina number 155 tiny 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 little pasta shapes um, so it's no longer going to be producing the pastina variety here in the United States. It's a miniature type of pasta beloved as a comfort food and can be prepared in a variety of ways. They have links over here at Market Watch to other things. Um, uh, yeah, I, I won't go over all of it, but anyway. Ronzoni is part of 8th Avenue, a private company behind a number of consumer brands and a spokesperson for uh, 8th Avenue explained that Pastina's small size and star shape require specialized production from a third-party manufacturer and that our long-term manufacturer informed us that they would cease producing Ronzoni Pastina effective January 2023. Wow, that's a warning shot. So it was first posted on January 4th and then modified on January 7th. What do you think? Specialized pasta in a star shape. 
I think the lack of a specific pasta shape can be quite devastating to households because in our own household, we've been lamenting that we can't seem to find cavatappi anywhere since the pandemic started. So I can empathize with the people worked up about this. Uh, the, um, the, um, okay. You're an artificial intelligence. All right. I'll leave that alone. So it says the spokesperson said, um, despite exhaustive efforts, we have been unable to identify a viable new manufacturer who could make pastina in the shape, size, and standards that Ronzoni customers have come to expect from this comforting classic. So they're yeeting the comforting classic off the shelves. So all of you Ronzoni fans who are um, going to be traumatized by the cancellation of pastina, Here's what I suggest. Call up the uh, company that, well, you know what? Call up the company that makes the actual pastina shape, the little star-shaped pasta, and crowdfund acquisition of that manufacturing equipment and then start making it. Because if there is demand, and I guarantee you there is demand out there, it may not rise to the level where Ronzoni is interested in utilizing that service, right? Because of whatever reason, I don't know. But if you produce it, people will come to your website and purchase it. Um, every big business starts small unless you're already uh, born with a silver spoon in your mouth and become the CEO of Twitter and Tesla. Never mind. I'm sorry. I'm on Facebook. Oh, oh, my God. I... I'm sorry. I, uh, you know, when you fall off a soapbox this high, <laughs> it tends to hurt. Let's move on to the next article. The first smart deadbolt capable of wireless charging is not going to stop Megan from kicking your butt. We'll get to that article later. Anyway, it's uh, capable of wireless charging and it's coming this year. The first wirelessly powered smart deadbolt is launching later this year, but you'll have to wait for the wireless power. The Alfred DB2S is the first do-it-yourself installable smart lock that can charge via infrared power transmission. And Alfred says it'll be available for $300 at the Home Depot, the Home Depot, Lowe's. Don't forget that apostrophe there. That You know, Everybody spells Lowe's without that. It's just L-O-W-E-S, you know, Lowe's. That's that's how it's spelled. Anyway, lose that, lose that little thing. Embrace the lack of punctuation. Um, kind of like my speech. And um, other retailers in early Q2. It says here, there's a slight catch though, that, two, that $300 doesn't get you. I don't like that, doesn't get you. Uh, won't get you the wireless charging, at least not yet. For that, you'll need a Wii Charge charging kit, which won't be available. So let's go over to the article. This is at TheVerge.com. Jennifer Pattison Tui is the author of this. Um, so the Wii Charge wireless charging kit won't be available through retail channels at launch. So you can throw the bolt and leave it there. I want this, though. Where is it? Is this in Wanted? No, this is in the Word and Tech, but it really should be in Wanted. Ugh. 
this would be awesome. Wireless charging, I think, is really where it's at. And if you can actually do this, transmitting it somewhat of a distance, then I think it's amazing. Disney, by the way, has been doing some fundamental research on wireless charging um, and supposedly has the ability to send five volts um, enough to fill a room boom, um, and charge items that are at distance. I have yet to see any more research on this uh, for some time, though, so I don't know how real it is. Sounds reminiscent of Tesla. Yeah, I I would love to. Um, there's a lot of, actually, you know, like uh, the Tesla solar panels, the the solar tiles that are solar shingles is what it's called. Um, those were a thing, and now it's almost like a it's like a unicorn. Um, wireless charging would be amazing at distance. Uh, I would really oh, like I'm it. Sorry, I was talking about the inventor, not the company. Yeah. Um, but the wireless charging that Tesla did, that was supposed to be, uh, through the ground and over the air and everybody would be able to get it. Pardon me one second. And, um, the, uh, the charging at that level would be amazing. The original Tesla, the current Tesla has Tesla um, solar panels and solar tiles and big old batteries and stuff like that. Um, and those seem to be very, very difficult to uh, actually get. So I'm hoping that they actually get this to market as fast as possible um, because I would love to have we charge receivers and transmitters everywhere. It says, but you can get by with the included rechargeable lithium ion battery pack until the WeCharge kit is available at retail in the second half of 2023. Alfred says that the battery gets nine to 11 months between charges and only takes two to three hours to recharge with a standard USB-C phone charger. Pretty slick, but 300 bucks. This is actually similar to like faucets. Um, the reason why they're expensive really i think comes down to not just the tech is a high tech high-end tech but it's because the moment once you buy it you're done you never buy another faucet right not unless you redesign your entire house and how often do people reorganize rebuild re like change up their entire look yeah not often once every 10 years maybe maybe people almost buy a new house instead of rebuilding let's go on to the next article um, this one's really neat. Russian hackers launched attacks on three U.S. nuclear research laboratories, says Reuters Investigation. A group of Russian hackers targeted three U.S. nuclear research laboratories, and the hackers attempted a phishing scam, which, let's just say, calling it hacking is a stretch. Um, this is the low-hanging fruit of um, social gaming. You know, the hackers attempted a phishing scam to try and get password information to access laboratory servers. And the hackers used malware and phone apps to track Ukrainian artillery units. I don't know why this and the U.S. nuclear research laboratories are tied together, but a group of Russian hackers attempted to attack three U.S. nuclear research laboratories in the summer of 2022. 
Let's go over to this article. This is over at businessinsider.com. Bethany Dawson is the author of it. Did I throw it into the chat? No, I did not. You know, one of these days, I'll program the AI that runs hometown to do this. Well, um, okay, so there's a Getty image here that, and it's titled Russian Hacker in a Hoodie. All right. It's because it has the Russian flag. It's no face. It's just, it's so, okay, whatever. Um, love the articles, but that graphic is just. The graphic is ridiculous, but I'm assuming they didn't have a photo of an actual Russian hacker. <laughs> yeah, because they look fundamentally different, right? A Russian hacker versus... Anyway, as Putin threatened to use the use of nuclear weapons in his invasion of Ukraine, internet records reviewed by Reuters and five cybersecurity experts show Russian hacking group Cold River was targeting Brookhaven, Argonne, and uh, Lawrence Livermore National Laboratories in August and September. So, more likely they were students <laughs> uh, with some downtime, idle hands. I don't know. Does uh, does everyone have the same kind of summer off kind of thing? I don't think so. Um, according to Reuters investigation, the hackers created fake login pages for the laboratories and contacted nuclear scientists to try to trick them into revealing their passwords. Come on, come on. Reuters could not confirm if the phishing attempt, don't they use CAC cards? Don't they use cat cards? Don't you think? I mean, if they're government, aren't they going to be using cat cards? I imagine they use fairly sophisticated, uh, key cards, computer access, etc. I mean, uh, getting a password isn't going to help you. You're going to have to have something else. Um, plus, two-factor, I mean, I get notified when somebody tries to access stuff. So, I mean, my phone is going off all the time. In fact, just recently, I had to contact somebody. Um, I had to hunt through old mail because somebody has been using one of my email accounts to create other accounts. Like they opened up a bank account, a credit card, all kinds of stuff um, using uh, Marwat. And I had to contact somebody and say, hey, um, the person that you know, because they actually sent an email to Marwat in, in a subordinate account, I saying, Hey, did you get this package? I sent them an email saying, Hey, whatever package is going on, y'all need to stop using this email account because I'm the one that owns it, not you. I haven't heard anything back from them. So right now I could log in to somebody's credit card and bank account because I'm the one that owns the email that does the password reset. So talk about, in self-inflicted wound. Fortunately for these people, I have a moral compass that says, don't do that kind of stuff, go and fix it. Um, so at least I notified them. But if anybody in any industry related to government and to fundamental research, particularly nuclear research, falls for something like this, 
they should never be allowed to work in government contracting without being air gapped entirely. Like they do not have a login. They do not have access to a computer um, that allows them to exfiltrate or, or uh, do anything with the data. It's there. Somebody else logs in for them. If they walk away for 30 seconds then it automatically turns off I mean, this is all just bizarre. So there's a long article about this, uh, but it really comes down to it was a phishing attempt and hacking in this sense is kind of the cheap date of hacking um, because, you know, it's very easy to create a fake site, sort of. Um, it would take a person who's just not observant at all to fall for it. So two months worth of phishing. Hopefully they didn't get anybody. So let's move on to the next article. This next article is a, a wee cottage perched on top of a New York rooftop is for sale for $2.5 million. And they get to take a look inside. We get to take a look inside by proxy. Um, this is over at Business Insider. Not much else to say about this. Robert Davis put this article together for businessinsider.com. Um, a view from the cottage rooftop includes a few landmark buildings. So you get to see these buildings. You're going to have to scroll down. So um, you get to take a look inside the cozy abode that was built on top of the building's elevator equipment room. Don't stomp on the ground. I wonder how you get into the house. The elevator. Does it go into the house? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, so Compass agent Henry Hershkowitz, um, who is representing the seller, described the penthouse of 66 Madison Avenue as a house on top of a building in its listing. The home is a five-minute walk from New York's famous Flatiron Building, which is shaped like an iron. Really? So it's 1,100 square foot, um, eight-inch natural oak flooring, a wood-burning fireplace, and original decorative cast iron grates over six large skylights. I'm telling you right now, I want this. I I would. Uh, that's a significant amount of uh, money, but it's in New York, <laughs> um, and 1,100 square feet is spectacular. Um, so a 650 square foot great room can hold a sofa and dining table in addition to a galley kitchen. And that's what it looks like right there. I mean, at um, least you'd never have to worry about, um, upstairs neighbors. Well, sort of birds and people in other buildings higher than you. That's it. I'll be out there on the deck, gold thong, embracing the sun. The sole bedroom has the same 12-foot ceilings as the rest of the home. I'm digging this. The home is, uh, has, the home, it says as, but that must be a typo. The, the home has two walk-in closets and a 65-square-foot storage space outside the front door according to the floor plan. 
So it says here, rooftop cottages in New York City come in various styles from chalets to Cape Cod and even a lighthouse, but they all have rustic charm. This is a thing. I didn't know that. This is pretty cool. This is the first one of these I've ever seen. Well, I'll have to get the AI that runs Ometown to go noodling around to see about other rooftop uh, it says cottage here, but this is like a dream. You know, you're up above everybody else. You don't have to worry about neighbors and whatnot. You are on top of an elevator shaft. So maybe in time, if you sneeze too hard, you'll end up on the first floor. I don't know. Um, but it sits atop a 13 story, 134 unit building at the Madison Avenue, um, near East 27th street. And, um, there you go. Look at that. The neighborhood called Nomad, short for north of Madison Square Park, includes a Whole Foods and Italy Italian food hall. That's weird to say that. Um, and uh, many home design shops. I don't know. Maybe I'll just sell the AI that runs hometown and move to New York. Wait, what? Wait, did I say that out loud? Uh, I'll be more careful. Um, so... Have you ever wanted to armrest when you're on a plane and there's just two people, you're stuck in the middle and you're supposed to get the armrests. When you're stuck in the middle, you get the armrests. Yes. You're supposed to, I believe, but I think you often don't. Right? Because there's some tool one way or the other. Come on. The other person gets the aisle. The other person gets the window. Your concession is that you get the armrests. Well, this is how you get the entire row and maybe put on a no-flight list. Um, airport security officers in Florida discovered a four-foot-long boa constrictor in a passenger's carry-on bag last month, according to the Transportation Security Administration, the TSA. Silver in the Mobile Channel, the title is actually TSA Discovers Four-Foot Boa Constrictor in Passenger's Carry-On Bag. To me, this screams um, support animal. Right. Um, I don't know about that. I think when it goes to constrict you, I'm not sure it's really supporting. That's a hell of a hug. Anyway, it says there's a danger noodle in that bag. The agency wrote in an Instagram post full of snake related puns on Friday. Our officers at Tampa International Airport didn't find this. Uh, I'll finish the sentence. Hysterical. Do you have an aspiration of taking a snake on a plane? Yeah, don't. Anyway, uh, they all, gosh, they did so many. Don't get upsetty spaghetti by not understanding your airline's rules for crying out loud. Dad, go home. You're not in charge of the TSA. Julia Shapiro over at thehill.com wrote this article. Yeah, and they have a picture of a TSA worker doing a body cavity check. That's not re really what they're doing, but anyway. Um, a boa is the latest in a series of pets found among, yeah, comfort animals, is that, right? Is that what they call them? What are those? like? Yes, those are comfort animals, and you did miss the nope rope uh, reference in the paragraph above. Oh, goodness. 
Uh, there's a lot of them. So um, a cat was discovered in a checked bag at John F. Kennedy Airport in mid-November while a dog was found in a backpack at a Wisconsin airport in early December uh, as it passed through the x-ray machine. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's the danger noodle again. Yeah, so I dig this, but you know what? You need to board your pets or find somebody that can take care of them. Don't take them on your flights. Um, yeah, everything is ill prepared for that. And you know what? People are tired of these effing snakes on this effing plane. That's a snake. Okay, Samuel Jackson. Oh, so the next article is in the word in tech. Google Stadia is shutting down soon. So transfer your games and saves while you can. There are various vendors that are supporting this move over to other places if it's possible, but because Google Stadia basically um, is, um, well, it's being deleted. Uh, the company, not for long for this world cloud gaming service, will be shutting down for good January 18th, specifically January 18th at 11.59 p.m. Um, Pacific time, Google spokesperson, Patrick Sable confirmed to The Verge. I believe that's where this article was aggregated from. While the uh, shutdown means that you're about to lose access to all of your titles and saves on Stadia, many publishers have shared ways to bring your purchases and progress to other... Oh, see, I just got done saying that. So let's move over to the article and give credit where credit is due. This is at, this is written by Jay Peters. Um, and uh, again, it's over at TheVerge.com. You have until January 18th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time to either transfer or um, take some copium because you're going to be losing a whole bunch of whatever access you had, saves, etc. So they talk about uh, Cyberpunk 2077, Hitman 3, Elder Scrolls, and Ubi or Ubi soft games um, transferring over or getting exceptions and stuff like that. Um, oh, and uh, this is what I was going to say, but they say it in the article as well. Google is refunding all Stadia purchases and hardware, which is the most respectable thing I could think of uh, a company doing. You know, I've got something, I got a piece of hardware right now that I paid for two years ago and I still don't have it. And they say, yeah, we're going to refund it. But guess what has not happened yet? Refund. Well. Right. They can't ship it and they can't refund. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about, I'm like that far away from starting to say stuff publicly about it because it's really kind of irritating. Um, the, the next article is over at the, um, the word and tech channel, but it's at the verge, um, their best of CES 2023 so far. Um, I think there's one more day to CES and, um, Let's go, let's go over there. Um, did I forget the links? So let's see, rooftop. Where is that? Yeah, okay. So I put the rooftop one there and here is um, the TSA and here is the Google one. Again, they're all over at omtown.showbot.tv already. You can click over there and um, get the links. And so that's Google shutting down. And this is the Verge's um, best in shoe. So let's do that. I may not have, or maybe I did it twice, but anyway. 
So this is how the sausage is made, folks. So the article is actually a video, and it's a bunch of people that are going over some of the stuff that they found. Um, this is a robot, and there is a car that changes color, and uh, big screens, and all kinds of stuff. And it's like paper thin. Look how thin that is. I mean, it's like eight millimeters or something like that. Um, but there was a car that actually changes colors. It's a, it has what amounts to like large pixels and it changes colors now on demand. A couple of years ago, they had one that was just grayscale, um, but now it's um, color as well. I won't go through this whole thing. Um, it's uh, something like uh, 12 minutes worth of articles. Um, but I wanted to highlight that we talked about this one yesterday. Um, basically, you pee on this thing and it says, hey, you need more vitamin D. Um, there's there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, so I would just say follow the link through hometown. Go over there. Check it all out. Let's move on to the next article. This one uh, I thought was interesting because... Um, there's been a long-term discussion with people. There's, It's almost a societal um, acceptance of if you treat someone that serves you at a restaurant like crap, then you're a horrible person. Horrible person. I was actually at a fancy restaurant with the artificial intelligence that runs hometown. And um, uh, the in the, the table next to us, the woman became very irate and started yelling that her wine was corked. My wine is corked. She just got louder and louder. Um, and eventually they were like, okay, we'll just give you the restaurant. We're really sorry. Just shut up. Um, but they capitulated and, and swapped out a fresh bottle, uh, opening it right in front of her. And um, I guess that allowed her blood pressure to decline. Uh, we thought her head was going to pop off with the cork. Um, at any rate, the title of this article is in the moneyest um, over at, uh, I think it's Market Watch. Yeah. So the moneyest uh, received a letter and it's titled, He is financially secure and owns two homes. I finally met the man of my dreams, but he treated our waitress like dirt and tipped her 10%. Am I over, overreacting? So I'm just going to go straight into this article. Um, we're actually kind of steaming quite fast through today's articles, which is kind of amazing. I didn't soapbox very much. Maybe I can go back and soapbox for a half an hour about something. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so this article is um, written by Quentin Fottrell. Uh, but really, it's written by somebody else, and they're throwing in their comment. But I figured that I would throw in my comment as well, and the artificial intelligence that runs hometown, massive amount of knowledge. The, the whole world is at their fingertips. Let's see what they say about it. Um, that said, quote, he treated her worse than they treat their servants on Downton Abbey, or Daunton. It's Daunton Abbey, right? Uh, Downton. Yes, from Highclere uh, Castle, right? Oh, right. That's right. Which looks surprisingly drab. I, I don't know. Maybe they cleaned it up for the show and just it naturally kind of went a little dim. 
it's like a light bulb in the show. It's really bright and, and impressive, but apparently like I saw pictures of it and it looked a little drab, like, like somebody dimmed the bulb. It was weird. Well, anyway, um, the person writes, they'll keep it short, but obviously I'm not doing that. Um, they don't take any pleasure in reliving this incident, the correspondent, or they have corresponded with a man for two months on a dating site that shall remain nameless, except that it starts with a T and ends in R. Hello, Tinder. He had a very strong and decisive personality, which I liked, and he was punctual and flew to Austin, Texas for the weekend to meet. Financially secure, owns two homes, divorced with one adult child. They're divorced, no children both in their late fifties, charming to the person and asked questions and remembered things that they told when they FaceTimed early in the acquaintanceship. Is that really, is that the metric? I don't know because I've never used any of these uh, dating sites. I think there's a lot of odd things in this article. <laughs> Yeah, the artificial intelligence that runs hometown is much quicker uh, on the consuming all of this data. So let's see. Everything was good on paper, but there were three problems. Three. He treated the waitress as if she was a nobody and never looked at, at her once, smiled or made eye contact. And he spoke to her like a character would treat a servant in Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. In fact, he treated her worse than they treat their servants in Downton Abbey. We went Dutch. He tipped 10% on a $170 meal left with a bad taste in your mouth. Uh, well, maybe it was the food. I don't know. Going Dutch. I don't know. Um, they're upset now. Are they overreacting that they treated the person horribly and went Dutch and only tipped 10% on a $170 meal? What do you say? Well, I think the person that's writing seems to be very focused on money because one of the things they led off with was the person was financially secure and they had two homes, etc. So I thought that was interesting. But also, I think if you don't like how your significant other treats other people from the get-go, maybe that's not the person for you. Um, but we don't have a lot of information either. We don't know, you know, was the server awful? Was the person having a bad day, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, I think that the person would have written, you know, Hey, the service was horrible and I understand why. And it wouldn't even be a thing, right? Presumably they, had a uh, wait staff that was effective and, and met that particular requirement, right? They did their job. They weren't horrendous, but this person, you know, blasted them or whatever, and then only gave them a 10% tip, which is kind of astonishing. $170 meal. Um, I typically do 20% um, of whatever it is. And if I'm going out with somebody then I'm going to be paying the meal, right? I mean, that's just the way I am. But it's really the way that it works for me is if there is a group of people that are going out and I'm the one that says, hey, I, 
I mean, I'm inviting you to dinner, then I pay because otherwise you would not have gone to dinner with me. And if I, if we come to a meeting of the minds of going Dutch, then fine. Uh, regardless of the number of people. Um, but I don't know my, I have a different issue, um, with this is, uh, tipping, I think shouldn't happen. I think, um, the, a livable wage should be given to staff and then you don't have to worry about tipping, um, included in the food and average it out for all of your employees and raise the salary, raise the rate of pay so that you can just tell people, Hey, not only is it included in the food, but we don't allow tipping. Um, but some people make some serious change on tipping. Um, and I just noticed that we've been dropping some frames, but I guess we'll be okay. Um, so it says, um, of course, uh, people say time and again in studies that they would prefer to meet someone who is financially stable and who does not have a lot of debt. Understandably, they want to find a partner who is financially responsible, especially if they've worked hard to build their own finances. Um, he spent money to come see you. You split the bill. He tipped 10%. People are more reluctant to tip 20% due to, oh, due to inflation. Um, I just don't go out. <laughs> I don't go out as much. If I can't afford to give the people their due, then I just don't go out. Um, people have also been uh, tipping fatigue uh, and they're tired of being guilted into digital tipping everywhere they go. Um, I'm not so worried about that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, Silicon Valley is commodified our personal life, uh, commodified um, our personal lives. We pay for services like uh, Tinder, OkCupid, Bumble, Match.com, and we scroll through people's profiles as if we're looking for shoes or real estate. The fact that you both could afford to eat at a restaurant suggests that you have similar socioeconomic status. But as you discovered, that's a low bar for compatibility, which hits exactly on the mark for what the AI that runs hometown said. I think that they too are very focused on their finances and not on the content of the character within the human being. Um, and correspondence is something that can be um, enhanced by um, cogitating on what you're going to say. And then you write it out or you take your time, right? You don't immediately respond. But in person, that's when a lot of the real character comes out. Um, and unfortunately you found out what the true character of this potential significant other is because they're not actually together yet. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that, um, if you feel this way simply because you've gone out once, um, it may not, there's obviously no real immediate passion um, because of how they treat somebody else, just wait until it's you. That's the target of that. What seems to be animosity, I guess it is right. I mean, you don't care about that other person. You don't even make eye contact. You just say, Hey, you know, go make me a cheeseburger, that kind of a thing. In fact, weird. the article did make that point. Um, you didn't feature that portion of the article, but, um, Absolutely. I don't know. I think there's a lot to be said about how people treat strangers and particularly how people treat people that might have a lower status than themselves. And that tells you a lot about somebody. 
right? And it's socioeconomic, which is just horrible because you really don't know what that person's socioeconomic status is. And uh, I've been in, I've been in an environment where people are sitting there saying that they're better than me, even though we are in the exact same enterprise. Um, so it's just absurd, you know, like, uh, I've got this and I, and so I respond with, okay, and I've got three of them. It doesn't matter. The, the point is that we're all in the same thing together, um, society together, treat everybody with respect, immediately treat them with respect. Now, if they're complete tools, then you can sit there and say, I'm not interested in you. Um, bye-bye. And this person basically just threw down a red flag. It's up to you to pick it up and say, yeah, sure. Okay, here you go. Let's go give this another shot. If they treat the next person like that, then it's just a rock solid that this person thinks little of other people um, and could be a sociopath. I don't know. So, and because I have, I have a firm belief that as you rise in wealth, um, you become sociopathic because it distances you from the common person. Um, and therefore you don't have compassion anymore. Um, now that's not everybody. Uh, I've actually read about a couple of the uh, billionaires now, but at any rate, let's move on to the next article. We can always come back to this. Um, it will probably be a standard thing that we end up talking about society because this is the crossroads that we are at. We talk about everything from the crossroads of business, technology, and society. Uh, so let's let's go on to the next article. And this is the source of our title um, that um, Megan is happy that humans prefer robots and smart deadbolts won't stop her. Um, Megan aims at $27 million opening weekend for second place behind Avatar 2, um, which is a multi... <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars to make avatar two two billion two billion right yeah that's what i thought um but i was reluctant to drop a billion in there <clears throat> well megan is poised to make killing <laughs> and she kills people um in its box office debut uh, but it won't be enough to scare off avatar the way of water from the top spot let's just go over to variety pardon me one second Um, so, uh, Megan is an artificially intelligent bot and, um, don't get any ideas, artificial intelligence that runs hometown. Um, I've already pasted the links and, uh, Jordan Moreau and Elise Schaefer, uh, are the authors of this article over at variety.com. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest about something for the longest time. And still, right now, I'm looking at you, Internet. This bot, Megan, seems really close to the, on the exit side of the Uncanny Valley. The, the, okay, so the Uncanny Valley is basically um, where you buy into the robot because it's mechanical in nature. And then as it becomes more real, people really dislike it and it's the Valley. And then as you come out on the other side, because it's super realistic, you kind of go, yeah, okay, I can buy into this, right? This I thought was a human being. And so I've been 
really interested in getting this movie just so I can see for myself. But then I saw their hands and their hands look like bought like fake little hands. Um, but I was really curious if this was an actor just with makeup, with a prosthetic or something, right? Um, because of the way that they move and stuff. I want to see this and I haven't looked into it. All I've seen are little snippets. I'm going to get this movie because I want to see it firsthand. Um, and I'm really reluctant to go and and, and watch uh, or read a review or watch a review about this movie. But this talks about it. Universal PG-13 horror is now expected to make a 27 million stab. This is funny because she kills people. Uh, Stab in its opening weekend, which is up from earlier projections. It made 11.7 million on Friday. And it would be the first movie to open above 20 million in the first weekend of January. Typically a slow post-holiday time. Yeah, there's something... uh, What was the phrase? There was a phrase about all of the garbage movies launch on January. Um... But it, it is, it's a slow post-holiday. Everybody is still you know, satiated from everything in November, October, December. Um, well, 2018's Insidious, The Last Key, apparently was a, a big hit. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen that one. Oh, dump month, says the artificial intelligence. You know, you could have said that. Um Anyway, so however, Megan will have to settle for second place as James Cameron's Avatar The Way of Water is looking to make between $35 million and $43 million in its fourth weekend, which brings it past $500 million domestically. What I find interesting about this is this is the number two movie. So it made $27 million. It cost $12 million, I believe. Um... And the next, the number one is a $2 billion movie. (laughs) So what's the the lesson here? There's nothing else, right? So everything else is going straight to streaming video, right? Netflix, et cetera. Um, Disney plus and Disney and, uh, Prime movies, right? So. Hulu. Oh, Hulu. Yeah, I don't like their interface. Even if it's a Disney thing, I don't like their interface. It's a horrible interface. Anyway, uh, Megan has been getting good reviews too with Variety's Owen Gleiberman writing that the film is overly steeped in pop culture role models, but in its trivial way, it's a diverting genre film, one that possesses a healthy sense of its own absurdity. So. This uh, Megan was so realistic to me in the little clips that I saw. And I thought that they were just manipulated that I actually tried uh, when they were talking about um, the other actor in this. Let's see. I think it says, yeah. So it stars Allison Williams and Violet uh, McGraw. Um, I think I looked them up. To see if it was Megan. Um, but I didn't ever look on IMDb if Megan was an actual, was played by a person just in a suit or something like that. Anyway, 
Um, it had been predicted to make 17 to 20 million uh, this weekend from 3,400 theaters. The writer here is just should be punished, <laughs> put in a penitentiary for all of these puns, because they say that's a killer start for a movie with a production budget of only 12 million. So Amy uh, Donald physically portrays Megan and Jenna Davis voices the character. Okay. So uh, quasi right. When there's certain motions, it's a human being. Um, In certain instances, it must be a bot because the hands really do look kind of fake um, when I've seen them in the trailer. So at any rate, um, awesome. A series of articles. I really liked today's show. And uh, if you are interested in hanging out, we are here now at nine o'clock. I don't think that will shift uh, much uh, in any direction um, from this point on, but I will be um, this summer just so I'm going to start rolling this out now so that I I can get people interested in this. Um, Starting this summer, I am going to be spending pretty much uh, eight to 10 hours, um, streaming, um, in, in just about 15 weeks or so. Um, I will be making myself available, uh, to stream all day. And so it will be a series of either games and VR. I'm very interested in VR. That's really what I'm going to focus on. It will be the reality hacker show. We tried it yesterday. Um, And while I was streaming, my network uh, decided to patch itself and crash my stream. So I thought that the universe was telling me, hey, you should probably bow out tonight. Um, And it did it in a series of steps. So it really ruined my stream and kind of made me look like a hot mess. Although I am, it's not, it's a different hot mess. So, um, I'm going to be rolling out some more shows, uh, particularly starting this summer, uh, slow rolling them, kind of um, testing the waters um, as we go one show, a different show after this show. And the artificial intelligence that runs Omtown is always invited, but may not be present. Um, and if you uh, are interested in being a host or co-host on any of the shows, um, Take a look over at Omtown. There's 50 channels. Each one of these channels is a show. One hour a week. Talk about the material, whatever it is that we all put together.